It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Daniela Kouye. So let's move on and introduce our two experts for the show today. And joining me now is Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. Welcome, Adam. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. Yep. And Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. So, gentlemen, interesting times we're living in at the moment, aren't we? Interesting reporting season. Let's just briefly touch on it. Yeah. Adam, yep. lots of volatility. How are you seeing it panning well, out? Volatility is our friend when you're a stockbroker, so that's absolutely perfect. <laughs> so I'm happy with the volatility. It does unnerve investors, though, and that's the problem I think we're facing at the moment, is that investors potentially don't know which way to look and then which is going to be the surprise, which is going to be the negative, and you know, who's going to sort of come out of the wash. So first sort of week down, we still have another two to three weeks, and then obviously our Super Thursday where we have 28 companies reporting. Mm. It's ridiculous how anybody can think they can get around to all of those companies and then make a decision mm. before 10 o'clock where the, the market opens again. <laughs> oh, come again. on. So, come on, you're Superman. Well, you're right. You're right. Most analysts will be working overnights and, and doing those kinds of things. So I think overall, look, CBA result, everyone was complaining that $10 billion wasn't enough. I thought it was actually pretty good. The net interest margin of 2%, 2.05%. I thought that was okay. AMP came out with their net interest margin at 1.3. So, you know, I think the bank's doing well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the resource companies sort of talk. Mm. And I know that labour costs are going to be an issue. There's going to be a fair few issues that are coming up. But overall, I think it should be okay, though. I do feel that earnings are going to be a little bit weaker this reporting season. And so the market's going to have to grapple with that. And then, of course, we've got September, not looking too far ahead, but we've got September and all those dividends start coming out. Mm. So it's a pretty tough uh, time for the market in the next two months. Indeed, indeed. And Gaurav, mm. it's, uh, costs are really important this mm. period. And it looks like, just as a casual observer, mm. that margins super important as are dividends this season. Is that kind of how you're seeing it at the moment? I think for most companies, um, we can get a pretty good idea of what to expect. And it's only um, the surprises that, that really catch you off guard. Um, I've been I've been actually surprised by some of the price movements. I, I think um, we saw um, Nick Scarly today just absolutely fly, yep. and on, on numbers I thought which were quite reasonable and I thought quite well flagged. So I was surprised by that. There's a lot of negativity about the consumer. Um, costs are an issue, and I think a lot of inflation is actually tied to what's happening in energy markets and probably not enough attention is going into a continuing crisis in the supply of energy and I think that's going to influence the direction of inflation from um, from here on end and a lot of the inflation reduction can be tied to falls in energy prices and that if that reverses then you're going to have the whole problem we had last year um, repeated all over again so I don't think 
the, the, the problem with interest rates, problem with inflation is over yet. You're seeing evidence in, in results that um, the consumer is reacting to all of these things. Um, cost pressures, I think, are mixed. Um, and dividends have been muted. Um, and that's, I think, as it, as it should be. Uh, um, businesses are responding to uncertainty with caution. And I think that's, that's eminently sensible. Um, no big um, results for me so far, um, I've got to say. I, I, thought, um, I thought Rio was, was kind mm. of interesting. There's mm. some interesting stuff brewing in aluminium. Um, and I think that gets ignored a little bit. Uh, this lithium space, I mean, I was going through that IGO result. You mentioned $10 billion, Adam, for CBA. Yeah. Um, that um, lithium mine, Greenbushes, made $10 billion. Unbelievable, mm. isn't it? From one Huge. mine, yeah. um, the same profit as the entire CBA. I mean, that is mind-boggling. Is. Yeah. One, I was speaking to a China expert, and we will get to the stocks of the day really quickly, but mm. this is really important <laughs> because one car out of every four cars being mm. purchased in China at the moment is an EV. Yeah. So you just get some sort of scale in terms, because I think sometimes down under, mm. where we're slow adopters when mm -hmm. it comes to EVs, we don't appreciate what the, the Chinese authorities have done to promote it. So it kind of puts those figures into perspective when we're looking potentially at the scale of the market. It's changing here as well. I noticed that the Model Y, Model 3, these sales are absolutely yeah. flying. Yeah. Um, I myself, I don't like electric cars. I have an old school big V8 and I'm never going to get rid of it. And, <laughs> but, but, you know, you, and that's, that's the great lesson here. You can't invest um, depending on your own personal taste. Otherwise, no. I'd never buy anything that's right. electric related ever. You'll be sitting with your tinfoil hat that's on. That's right. I would actually. I totally would. <laughs> okay. Fishing rod. Yeah, I, think, I think we're going to yeah. have to move on because we do have the uh, 10 stocks of the day and the first five stocks that we are going to be covering are Abacus Group, Sierra Resources, Patriot Battery Metals, American Rare Earths and Somerset Group. But before we get there, stock of the day is Star Entertainment and Star Entertainment updates on the New South Wales Casino duty rates. And basically they have reached an in-principle agreement with the New South Wales Treasurer to amend the state's casino duty rates in an attempt to revamp its Sydney business. The company CEO and MD, Robbie Cook, called it a step in the right direction. The projected additional duty payable for, for this financial year is estimated at around $10 million. So, Gaurav, this is, we're talking off camera, mm. this is one that you own. I mm. mean, this is obviously a positive, but mm. there's got to be a lot more positives just looking at that share price. I might need a couch to lie on if we're going to talk about this stock, because this has caused <laughs> us so much um, heartache and pain. Um, I don't own the stock personally, but we own it in two of our funds, and it's been a decent position size for us. So it's, been, it's really hurt over the last um, 12 months or so. Um, yeah, I think we've got this completely wrong, just com um, utterly underestimated the, um, the regulatory problems. And I think, I think this is very common in value investors as well, but the, when you find yourself in a contrarian position, it's, it's really tempting um, to, to take it. You know, yeah. I think sometimes where we, we enjoy the pain and the punishment of being a contrarian and that can... Um, that can overwhelm your rationality. I think that was the case here. But, um, but that, that aside, this is, um, I think, a clear indication that the market is priced in so much bad news. Um, and it looks as though the penalties won't be as harsh as was originally priced. 
Um, this this is a, a clearly a, a terrible business, really. Um, and I, I worry about um, future earnings because the competitor now um, has opened up and is doing reasonably well. Um, but the reason they bought the stock in the first place, I think, still kind of remains. They've got a $2 billion casino in Queensland, which, um, which hasn't really shown where I can earn yet, but I, I think um, it should be able to earn sort of $200 million a year plus. Um, you've got a legacy casino here with plenty of valuable property. And I think property is a really important part of the investment case here. So I, look, I still think we're, we're still holding the stock, um, even though we're sitting on big losses. Um, and I think that's the right decision at this point. I've been burnt so badly on it, I, I find it hard to jump in and buy it. You're right. But it's, it may be the right call now. Um, you know, Robbie Cook, the new CEO, you needed a cleaner of the yeah. board, you needed new management. Yeah. You've got that. He's a really good um, manager with a fantastic track record. And um, I, I'm, I'm pleased he's there. And as long as he's there, I still think there's, um, there is a chance of a turnaround. So I'm going to go hold with this one. Mm -hmm. um, for more iron stomach, individuals um you might be able to take a nibble on this as well but geez that is a very brave call and so far um courage has not paid yeah indeed yeah. indeed so adam i mean clearly getting the whales in getting the big chinese i mean it's all proved to be a, it's this yeah. is not macau no. we're not talking about no. macau in sydney so and who would have known as a casino launders money I mean, who would have thunk it? Who would have thought it? I tell you. Is, is there enough of a market here to, to support two operators? Can <laughs> Star start to get the runs on the board? So to your original point, they're not allowed to bring those big whales in Correct. anymore. They, yeah. they can't go out and do the junkets and get them on the planes, give them free accommodation, give them free betting chips, mm. and then you know spend a million bucks. Like It's just impossible for them to do that now. Crown is very, very good, but you know they've been sold as well. So you know now you've got a lot of international money flowing into that flagship side of the casino. I think Star Group overall is 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 still going to struggle. One with revenue, but also then with funding. Um, we did see the other day that Soul Pats is looking to do a line of credit to or debt to them. Um, I find that a little bit hard because they're over a 5% weighting as well. So they own the stock and they're going to provide, I don't know if there's a conflict there, but anyway. Um, They've done that with that little copper business as that's well. That's right. They're yeah. taking a, a huge, yeah. I think 11% interest yeah. or something they're charging. So it's interesting yeah. that Soul Pats can't really um, <laughs> find much more value in the market. So they're looking for debt or, or to, to be able to, well, they've returns. got a pretty chunky dividend they've got to keep on, you know, yes, supporting yes, basically. Not paying it, yeah. So yeah, so like it's interesting that Sol Pats is potentially going to be one of the white knights that are going to come in there. Mm. But obviously at these levels, Star is going to have to take a horrible deal because they know yeah. that they need the money. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a pretty tough one. For me, it's a sell. I don't think you need to be there. Um, if you haven't, well, probably if you haven't sold it now, it was 90 cents today, $1.15. Um, it's been pretty tough. So yeah, I just don't, there's too many other headwinds that will continue with this one for me. Um, you could use your money better elsewhere. I mean, gambling is a tough game. Um, but, you know, the Lottery Corp TLC is probably not a bad one. You know, there, there's some other places or bright spots in that space. I mean, if you wanted to go to points, but they're all on their knees, BET, you know, all of them. But one day all those small caps are going to start to run. So, but for me, Star Group is not one of those ones. I think the property portfolio, absolutely. I think that's that's right. But yeah, that's the only bright spot we're there. So it'd be a sell from me. Okay, fair enough. Just on a point, I'm going to stick my hand up and say that I bought some points bet yeah. um, really? recently. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting... I bought some BET the other day. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, we've got, yeah. to, we've got to chat about this. Yeah. Okay. 
after yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> and if we have a time yeah. at the end, we will come back to that. <laughs> All right, but I better move, keep moving us okay. ahead. So let's get right into it. And our first stock of the day, picked by Omkar, is Abacus Group. Mm. We've had a bit of a discussion here. I think it was Abacus Property. So, uh, but they changed the name. Gorab. I haven't looked at this in years. Yeah. Um, it's now split into mm. two companies. There's um, the Abacus King Storage REIT, yep. which is a bit like national storage. It's a more traditional property REIT. Um, and they own, um, obviously, the Storage King facilities, but I think that's about 130-odd um, uh, sites. Mm. Um, yeah. They own um, all over um, Australia. And um, uh, the utilization numbers look pretty good. The metrics all look pretty decent um, and comparable to um, uh, to national storage. So. They're a bit smaller. They have um, an, a 14% market share. Mm-hmm. I think National Storage have closer to 20. And there's a third player, Kennard's, um, yeah. a, a trailing behind them. Um, still 20% owned by Abacus. I think that's interesting. Um, look, I think it's just it's just very early. It's only started trading a couple of days ago. The new vehicle, the new Abacus vehicle, I think trades today. It hasn't even opened yet. Oh, no, it's open. ABG's um, yeah, running. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think it traded. It started today or yeah, yesterday. yesterday um, yeah. It wasn't trading when I when I first started looking at this. Um, the distribution yield of about um, 4.5%, that should grow. They've got some ideas for, for growing that property portfolio, and, and the distribution should grow nicely for the, from that. Um, it's also had a decent disc discount to to book, and I th- and I think that's appropriate given where interest rates are and where cap rates are. So, look, I th- I think this is fairly valued. It's a these these storage businesses um, can be very attractive. Mm. Um, you've seen that from national storage. There are international peers that are equally attractive. Mm. So this is a, a nice little niche to pick on. Um, I still probably just prefer national storage, storage because yeah. we, I know management and um, sort of know what that business uh, is doing and has done over the years. Um, Abacus has been uh, unconventional in many ways, so mm. I'm, I'm interested to hear from the business and see what plans they have um, for this new REIT. But um, certainly it's, it's worthwhile popping this on your watch list and I'm happy to put it on hold. Okay, Adam. Yeah, so Abacus would definitely be a hold for me. Uh, the ASK, which is the storage side of things, I think it's a buy. Um, the only reason why I do think that that is, is obviously they've got a fair bit of cash now, mm-hmm. but uh, there is a huge consolidation. There's lots of mum and dads, as you said, you know, 14%, 20%. But outside of that, there's still 50% of the market yeah, that is in yeah. small mum and dad operations. And these guys can come in and consolidate yeah. that and move forward. So it becomes more of a roll-up story than just a REIT. And then from there, obviously, it's on the margins or the the, the, the payout or the, the, what they pay for it. But overall, I'm really comfortable with ASK. Um, I think that's definitely a buy. The reason why Abacus would be on a hold for me is that once they've taken out the storage side of things, they've got 40% of their expo- um, at risk to property, yeah, as commercial. in office property and yeah, commercial. Yeah. And so that says to me that it is not as diversified as it was before. And so hence, that really does restrict what I would think would be a good property trust as such. But very unconventional, Frank Wolf, you know, he rest, God rest his soul, but he's done, he did a fantastic job to bring this business to where it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for that, so 
polled on Abacus, but ASK is the bonus by. Fair enough. That makes sense. Uh, Apparently, all the accountants and the lawyers all use, apart from everybody else that's accumulated enough junk to sink the Titanic, they have a lot of paperwork that needs to be stored as well. Anyway, moving on, uh, the second stock is Asira Resources, picked by Raymond. So, Gaurav, is this one that uh, tickles your fancy? I can see why you'd look at this. Um, The uh, Siam Online, I think it's called, Um, is that right, Adam? Yeah, yep. Um, it is an enormous raw material base. I think it's the largest graphite mine in the world. Correct. Um, and they've got a processing set up offshore as well. And that's really important. The integration of mining and processing in this industry, and particularly um, uh, the very specific flake size is attractive in this mine, and that's important in where you can use this material um, uh, in the battery anode later on. But they've got all that down. I mean, um, on paper, this actually looks like a really intriguing operation. They've just had a lot of issues. They've had a lot of problems with the location of the mine. There was one stage where um, armed um, neighbors, I guess, um, uh, stormed the mine and took it over. They've had government issues. Um, They've had materials issues. Um, and uh, the graphite price also has been extremely volatile and, and I think what's missed often with graphite is that it, unlike lithium, lithium is, is, a, is a niche material trying to become a bulk material. Mm-hmm. So you need a, a very high incentive price. Graphite is already quite, um, there's already a substantial graphite industry and most of it is out of China and the bulk of the industry is artificial graphite which is not quite, doesn't have quite the same chemical properties as natural graphite, but it's good enough. Um, and that's been uh, the production of artificial graphite um, rises every time the graphite price spikes mm. and it knocks the price back down again. And that supply chain is powerful and centered in China and it just it's very nimble and quick to respond. Mm. So it's really difficult to get that incentive price for graphite up. Now, I think it's going to be hard for this mine with all its inherent risks with the geography to, to generate an acceptable rate of return. It looks great on paper, I wouldn't do it. It's just too risky and I, I think the chances of actually getting a return commensurate with the risk you're taking are not all that great. I'm gonna mm. go and avoid for this one. Mm. There's a, there's a um, project in Australia from Renescore. It looks expensive when you compare it to this. Yeah. But I'd much rather, if you, if you must have graphite, and, and I wouldn't be there myself, but if mm. you must have graphite, I would rather be in Renescore than in, in Ciro. Just it's a safer jurisdiction and you don't need um, super high returns to, to justify the risk you're taking. Fair enough. Now, I see that uh, Shoran Partners likes this one. Would that be the case? Yeah, so we've, we've, we've covered it. We've got a buy on it. Um, so I'm going to stay with my analysts on this one. And It does look very cheap. Yeah, I can see why you do it. And yeah. it, it yeah. really came from the other day that they just had an MOU with Samsung around mm-hmm. providing some graphite for some of the obviously their batteries and, mm-hmm. and their technology, and that's really sort of the I think the the, the bottom turning of it. I think it's what seventy two cents at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, for a trader, you know, you could get in there, get your ten percent, and get out again. I think it's probably a better way of doing it or trading this instead of that buy and hold 10%. strategy. 
You wouldn't, you wouldn't get up in the morning for a double. <laughs> well, I'm not a WA, so, you know. Um, don't but, get you know, out of bed for 10%. Yeah. Well, I mean, you make it 10% a day. <laughs> you, you're, you're doing all right, models. aren't you? Uh, so, you know, yeah, I think trading this one is probably a better way to do it. And, and if they get a couple more of these announcements, we've seen this again in the lithium space where you get these big off-take agreements. Yeah then the story is just, you know, it's solidified and it starts to move forward. But these guys have had a check it passed. It's been, you know, it's been up to $5, I think, and then sort of come back down again. So um, the graphite market is is very tight. China basically does a, a lot of it. And so you've got to be careful. I do like the flake sizes, though. I think that is a real key for this one and is a differentiator uh, in a lot of other graphite businesses. So, um, yeah, for me, it would be a trade. Can yeah. I put that down as a buy trade, a trade yeah, yeah, buy? Yeah. Trading um, buy. But, you know, I think a little bit of a turnaround with that MOU with Samsung. I think more deals like that or yeah. more big names coming in, I think that underpins the performance and it should do better. But, yeah, be careful on that one. Indeed, indeed. Just because it's a big secular trend doesn't always translate mm, down to right. monetizing and being a good stock performer. So we're staying in this space and the third stock is Patriot Battery Metals, picked by Mark. And I'll tell you what, this has been one that's very much on uh, X, Platform X, should I stay? Not Twitter, but oh, there's, right, a lot okay, of, okay. there's a lot of interest in <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking of, about for yeah, a second. Like, is there a new platform? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was to tweet, but I think it's to post now. Right, right. Anyway, so Gaurav, uh, this one. Yeah, I have been getting more questions about Patriot than any other company mm. of the last week yeah. or so. Um, and I'd never heard of it until quite recently, I must say. Um, but when I took a look at it, I was um, quite shocked. Um, this is a big deposit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. the maiden resource came out, I think, a couple of days ago, which probably coincides with why I was getting bombarded with questions. Um, but it is large, a hundred million ton resource. Now that's, it doesn't sound very big, um, I guess, when you compare it to the mega resources that we have in WA. Yeah. But this is the first resource. Um, when Pilbara first, uh, Pilgangora re- revealed its first resource, yep. it was, what, 40 million? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 14, something like that. It was tiny. It's less, yeah. Um, and this thing um, is 100 on day one. It's very impressive. Not many, not many deposits launch with mm. 100 million. And they have, it's not like they've done an awful lot of drilling. They've really stayed in one pod and there's a whole bunch of zones they could mm. be drilling further. They've got at least 12 um, sort of repeating targets. Mm. Um, this could get very, very large. Um, and just looking at the uh, geology here, when you're mining um, pegmatites or, or spodumene, you really need um, a consistent, this is, this is a, a crystalline rock and you need a, um, a consistency in your crystalline structure to be able to crush this thing um, mm-hmm. consistently. Guys like Core Lithium mm. are in trouble because they have all these um, mm. various crystalline structures mm. from various different deposits and they're struggling with the, um, with the size of, of their um, grinding. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why Pilgangora is so valuable. That's why Wajna is so valuable. You have a large, consistent, a single piece of, um, uh, of rock a continuous mine with consistent um, crystallization. You can you can just chuck all of that into a so mill. So cuts the costs of, of processing it basically. It, it, it means you don't have to change the the, the grind size yeah, every the, time you're you're yeah. you're putting your ore in in your in your in your grinder in your mill. Um, so this really valuable stuff. There's only a handful of mines that really get to this size, and I'm really impressed. I'd 
look, I, 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 when I heard battery metals, <laughs> Patriot battery metals, yeah. I just thought, yeah, okay, this is going to be yeah. easy one to dismiss. And it's not easy to dismiss. I, I, I take this pretty seriously. I'm going to go spec buy on it. Yeah, look, I, it's not something that I myself probably would buy and I'm probably yep. a bit more conservative. But if you want a little speculation, um, I own Minres and I'm happy with mm. that as my, mm. as my lithium play. Pilbara is an astonishing business. It really has impressed mm. me a lot. But this is a really impressive resource um, with X, um, backed by X uh, Pilbara chairman as well. I was about to say well. it is, is, it's X Pilbara's. Yeah, it looks, looks really impressive. Yeah. Um, they've got a long way to go. Mm. And the other problem they have is they're in Quebec. Mm. Uh, Rio tried doing a mine in Quebec and got knocked back. Mm. Um, it, it's difficult to open mines in Quebec. They have a really strict um, indigenous code and yeah. the mining code can be hard to work with. But, um, but that's in the risk you take. Spec buy. Spec yeah, buy. Yeah, fair enough. Adam. Mm. Yeah, so it doesn't look too bad to me. And just going on or extending on the other comments is, is that basically their maiden resource is around about 109 million tonnes. But it's the grade that matters at 1.42. IGO uh, has got a grade of 1.3. So sort of you can see that there's a higher grade of lithium, which is what you want, as very well explained. So I think overall, um, this one looks good, a long way to go. So mm. as an investor, you know, you have to have a clear sight of, you know, what are the catalysts going to be? And the catalysts are going to be that there's going to be more mineralization along those strikes. And if they can continue to say, we'll keep finding strikes at depth and there's more to go, then the share price will definitely rally. Remember, this is an exploration company, yeah. so it's not a production company. So it does have the difference mm. of investors in there. They're more looking for, 20% uh, increase <laughs> instead of a 10% increase. 20%. And so hence hence why you will see volatility mm. around those announcements because it is a different type of investor. Yeah. Mm. And then as they move outside of their scoped it out, put a jork resource together, that investor moves on to the next exploration trade. But then you get all the other investors that are coming in that are looking at basically how much it's going to cost to get out of the ground and they can figure it out. And, and there. so there's different types of investors Exploration at the moment, it should do well. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a buy as well, just on that length and grade of that. Quebec, I've had other companies try to do it in BC, even where you think it would be fairly easy to get some mines going, mm -hmm. but it is not. So right. I think that's definitely something that investors mm. should be keeping on their radar. Mm. And the company should be explaining that a lot clearer uh, and what their view is and their timelines to do that. So um, yeah, keep an eye on that one, oh, it's a buy from me. Indeed, just, just out of curiosity, like to go from this amazing resource yeah. to actually assuming everything goes right, yeah. how many years are we talking? Three, Three, four, okay. Ten. Yeah, it's just interesting. Right. Depends on that approvals process. Yeah, no, of yeah. course, of yeah. course. And that could be very lumpy. Yeah, that would be the pinch point. Yeah. It's, it's huge. But yeah, it, 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 if they're really fast tracking it a couple of years. Yeah. But we, yeah, we've still got mines that have, you know, yeah. that were going to, you know, uranium mines, for example, like in Sweden and Norway and stuff. They're the biggest. Oh, you can't mine the, anything there. Yeah. They're the biggest yeah. in the world. There's so much resource there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you just can't get it yeah, out Yeah, but of that's sli so. slightly, I, I would put the uranium other, in a different category, but yeah. The other thing to consider is that um, in North America, you don't have the processing capacity that you have in Asia. Mm. Mm. So in Australia, we can take all our spodumene concentrate and, and ship that over to Asia to be yeah. converted to battery materials. It's China, isn't it? Um, it's in South Korea, China, Malaysia. Um, Malaysia. Right. There's yeah. lots of places to do it in Asia. But in North America, I'm not sure they've built out that no. um, those processing no. facilities. So that's another thing to consider. It could slow them down. Um, well, it's quite because... a dirty process to actually refine it and yeah. get it to that Very stage. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. really wants it in their backyard. Yeah. So mm. I think that's where 
it stops and where China's always been, no yeah, worries. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, they're paying the price for yeah. it, but yeah. Okay, interesting. And uh, dare I say, we've got the fourth stock is American Rare Earth. <laughs> okay. The trifecta. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is the trifecta. He says, I would love to hear the experts' thoughts on American uh, Rare Earths. And uh, it's got a planned primary listing on the NASDAQ and how they plan to reach the minimum requirements to be able to list on the stock exchange. Because we are talking, if my uh, research is correct, a $69 million market cap. So it looks like it's a little bit too small. Gaurav. <laughs> Yeah, $70 million market cap. Now, Rare Earth Projects is not really mining. It's a chemical business. The um, I, I view it as a chemical pr- business that uses feedstock you just have to dig out of the ground. Um, the, I, I, they're in very early stages at the moment. Um, so they're actually just defining their resource right mm. now. They have a long way to go. I mean, to get back to your earlier question, Danny, they're probably 10 years away, more than 10 years away from... Um, actually producing mm. um, any NDPRs, so it's uh, it's just too far away. Um, I'm not easy ways to play the space. I'm not particularly interested in this one. Um, their big um, call to fame is that they are located in the US, mm. and there is something to that. There is no doubt Definitely. there is a strategic element to some of these um, minerals where there wasn't a few years ago. And that's worth something. So that'd be the only reason you'd keep it on your radar, I think, because it's a very early stage business. Anything can happen. And processing is always where these place, these things fall, fall apart. Mm. Mountain Pass in the US was for years the largest um, rare earth deposit outside of China. Yep. And um, it, was tr- it was resurrected many, many times. They just could not get it to work. One of the key reasons was, was just getting that, cracking that chemical code. Um, of getting all the extracting all the little bits and pieces, they, these guys are going to face the same problem. Linus has cracked that code. They are so far ahead of anyone mm. else. If you must own any rare earth business, actually, I I, I, let me amend that. I think Linus, independent of wanting exposure to rare earths, and I think that's looking kind of interesting. Interesting, mm. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do some work on Linus myself. I think that's it's far more attractive than something like this. Fair enough. Makes sense. Hundred percent agree. 100% Don't need to say agree. anymore. Um, okay. Yeah, I, this one too small. Uh, it, not illiquid, but just yeah. You can look at the chart. It looks like it's sort of still dying a slow death there. Um, so it'd be a no from me. Linus is definitely the one uh, that you need to do. Uh, what do you guys have on Linus? Do you ever do you ever buy on it? Uh, we don't cover it. Okay. Yeah, but I've got a lot of clients in it, okay. and so yeah, I, I'm happily buying it. Okay. Um, I think that China. Um, America story that basically they don't want anything to do with China yeah. is huge and even yeah. Linus I think had to get rid of one or two it, yes. directors yeah. that was sort of connected to oh, China right, okay, okay. so to, to basically then start to get the offtake agreements oh wow okay. um, so they've really sort of cleaned that up um, and and certainly in the military um, rare earths are needed for a lot of that technology Correct, yeah. so it is it is a, a, an essential critical metal for the US um, these guys are in the US, so yep, make sure. So the re- the question was, what are the requirements needed to, to list on the, the NASDAQ? Mm-hmm. Well, the market cap has to be a little bit bigger than that. I think they have to have more shareholders than they've got at the moment. And I don't know if they're doing a, a SPAC listing, but it, it does mm-hmm. sound like it's a OTC um, listing. So it's not going to be on the main board of mm-hmm. NASDAQ, so it's going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. But obviously then they're going to try and obviously with that higher valuations and get more investors looking at the story. So it's a long road. Do they then have a CDI here in Australia or do all shareholders then get a um, uh, an international stock? 
again, there's some more things that need to be worked out before you would make an investment in this one. And certainly uh, for me, I just don't think you need to be there. Okay, fair enough. Right, let's move on quickly because time is ticking. And the fifth stock is a Somerset Group picked by Barry. So we're heading uh, across to New Zealand, I believe, here. Gaurav, yeah. we're talking uh, retirement villages, aren't we? I had never heard of this business. No, me neither. <laughs> I had to check it as well. <laughs> anyway. $2.2 billion business. Yeah. But it doesn't I'd turn over. There was hardly any. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, maybe that's the yeah. Australian yeah, component. It's, it's yeah, it's yeah, 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 It's yeah. too big not to turn over. Yeah. It's really interesting. There's... Um, uh, there, there are 50 retirement villages, so we should explain, yes, they, they have an um, owner-operator model. So they, there's three ways this business earns revenue. They build retirement villages, they then um, charge residents um, as fees for the yep. use of that retirement village, they develop um, retirement villages so they recognise development profits, and then when they sell retirement villages, they recognise profits on the sale of that property as well. There's a, there's a fourth one there, they actually earn management fees, so when they sell a retirement village, they still manage and earn fees that way. So these guys are really good at hoovering up cash. I mean, they've thought of every single way to extract revenue, and that ought to be congratulated, I suppose. Um, I just don't know, is, is the simple answer. Um, it looks okay. Uh, all the numbers look good. The, um, the, the cash flows um, are pretty consistent and, um, and line up nicely in terms of accounting. Is a big chunk of debt there, but I assume that's back with the uh, with a big property portfolio. So mm. I'm pretty comfortable with that as well. I, I guess my problem here is that there's no obvious opportunity. It, it's a it's a pretty high look. I call it a, a better than average quality business mm. um, that's generated decent returns for a while. They've got a good pipeline of new dwellings, mm -hmm. but the asset base generates, I'd say, only average returns on assets. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to be careful about the price you pay. And at the moment, it's trading at about asset value. Yeah. So if you've got a, what is it? It's a um, multi-billion or two point something billion dollar asset base, and it's trading at asset value, generating a return on assets of 9% or so. I think that's fair value. I don't think you want so to pay hold? more than that. A hold. Okay. I, I did just pop this on my watch list because if there's some problem and there's a panic in this, this is the sort of business that can get quite yep. cheap. And it looks like it's actually a reasonably decent quality company. So it's one that... Um, I've added to my watch list. Okay, I, I thank the viewer for it because I'd never heard of it before. Adam. So the, there's two issues for me. Obviously, mm. New Zealand, which is not a problem, but it is a very small market. You know, mm. uh, four million, five million people in mm. New Zealand. Yes, there's lots of people retiring, but I think they've got that market pretty well mm. sewn up. So I really don't see how uh, there's unless they start to move to Australia yeah. and then well, it starts. They've to started expand. in Victoria. They've got seven right, villages in Australia. Okay, so maybe um, then it yeah. does look like it. But the second thing for me is to your point, Danny, is liquidity, and I can't. You know, it's just it's. <laughs> It's too liquid. Yeah. So if anything, we call it a lobster trap. It's easy to get in, but hard to get out. And that would be my issue with this one is that liquidity. And if they can address some of that liquidity mm. issues, well, then going into Victoria, um, that market's pretty hot uh, as far as retirees. And I think there's going to be more of that coming through. But for me, yeah, it, it's a little bit too early stages. So, and the liquidity issue is a big thing for me. So I'm going to mm. say uh, no. No, and avoid. Avoid. Okay. There's, there's another enough. one um, called Lifestyle Communities. Sorry, I'm going to have to 
Move on. Oh, okay. Move on. All right. We're, we're right. really running out of time. Right. So right. we're just going to have to keep on cracking on with the stocks that we've been allocated. So stock of the day, Star mm. Entertainment. Uh, not finding much love with the two guests. So uh, Gorev, maybe, maybe a hold. Uh, but look, you know, it's it's a terrible business. And really, Adam, same thing. You know, they're struggling. Funding's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money. He has a sell on it. So looking at Abacus Group for um, on car well basically we've got a hold from Gorev, we've got a hold from adam but a preference really in terms of the ask business or nsr national storage as a preference there sarah resources well we did have adam having a trading buy on that one and uh yeah it's 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 sort of probably more more speculative whereas Gorev is saying an avoid uh lots of competition potentially Potentially from artificial graphite, which puts a cap on the price there. Uh, Patriot battery metals for Mark. Well, we kind of have a um, sort of buy uh, from Adam, but basically we're talking a, a business that has huge potential or a massive potential in terms of uh, 1.4 million tonnes, but there's a lot of hurdles that they have to get through. And uh, Gorev, again, really big deposit looks really good, speculative buy. So we've basically got sort of a double speculative buy on that one. And American Rare Earths, really the question was, can it list on NASDAQ at the moment? To meet the requirements, it has to have a larger market cap. It might be OTC over the counter listing, but we pretty much have an avoid from both Gorev and Adam with a preference for Linus if you want to play in the Rare Earths market. And Somerset Group, well, Gorev's gonna put it on a watch list in terms of being quite interesting. The asset values look good, but at the end of the day, small market in New Zealand, so a hold. And for Adam, really at the moment, it's an avoid, a no, don't go into that one. But let's crack on to uh, summarize. So we've summarized of those stocks. Let's move on now to our portfolio. And the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB. The committee spent on cash 1% went to each of Seek, Altium and Prometicus. Wow. And let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 7.41% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stock our committee will be looking at next. Now, the next six stocks, and I'm just mindful of time, gentlemen. We have Eagers, Meridian Energy, Qantas, and Marley Spoon, as well as Drone Shield. So let's change this around. The sixth stock is Eagers Automotive, picked by Greg. He said, I've been a long-time holder of Eagers Automotive and feel they have solid dividends and growth potential, particularly with its distribution rights for electric vehicle manufacturer, B. YD. Interested in your thoughts. So, Adam. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah, with 
uh, AP Eagers uh, increasing their stake in that EV delivery group or BYD from that sort of 49% to 80%. It certainly means that things are moving in the right direction for them as well. We know that electronic vehicle sales will continue to rise. Uh, in fact, double every year uh, it's expected, especially here in Australia. So we are a, a, a slower uptake on these things and maybe your V8 engines might find a uh, electronic version one day, but uh, it is is certainly (laughs) something that is moving in the right direction. So look for me, just on the chart alone, it looks like it's a little bit toppy up here, probably got a little bit more room to move. So I would say it's a hold if you hold it, absolutely. One of the things that are the reason why it's a hold is there was a a lab group survey that UBS did the other day on the, um, and it was only for a thousand people. So like, you know, it's a small subset of of the wider audience. But um, basically, cost of pressure of living is now starting yep. to bite, and potentially people aren't going to be buying uh, electronic vehicle because the average minimum entry is about fifty to sixty grand. Yeah. Uh, so you've just got to be a little bit careful with that, as well as then uh, the lead times to get these things, you know, cars coming through is also hurting people as well. They need to get that new car or or then buy a used car. So I'd just be a little bit cautious on on that side of things as the cost of pressure living does start to bite. But overall, these guys are very good at what they do. They are very, very good. But just on the chart alone, I think it's a hold. If you if you did get some pullback on a result or something like that, I think this one would definitely be one that you'd be looking at. So yeah, hold for me. Okay, Gaurav. Now we know yeah. you, you, you know, not necessarily your thing in terms of the EVs. No, not my thing. Um, I remember when we first started looking at Eagles Automotive, it it happened because um, we all in the team universally agreed that this has to be a crappy business. Just look at the debt, look at the crappy margins. It's got to be crap. Mm. Um, And then one of the guys uh, who lives near a a dealer said, oh, this guy just keeps Mm. on getting new cars. He's got a giant house. Like someone's making money from Mm. these businesses. Mm. Like, let's have a look at this. And Mm. when we ripped these businesses apart, these are fantastic businesses Mm. and they're disguised as lousy ones because um, they're covered in debt, but the debt is all um, car leasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're kind of off, um, they're not um, liable for that debt and they're attached to an asset. So you can really uh, sort of forget about that. And I know the margins look uh, very small, but the amount of capital in the business is actually really tiny. Mm. So the returns on capital are mm. super high. Mm. And that's why you have so many wealthy car dealers mm. out there. Um, they've managed to disguise very good businesses as really lousy ones. Always interested in this sector, but it is a highly cyclical sector. I know that it looks very cheap. It's trading at 13 times earnings. Mm. It's paying, what, 5% or something mm. a yield. Um, but I will point out that um, that uh, um, the margins are up 50% mm. um, since COVID. Uh, uh, pre-COVID margins, yeah, so even the pre-COVID margins, it's the margins today are 50% higher. They're making three times um, the profit um, from selling cars that they were making in 2019. Mm. And I just think that we've had this incredible mm-hmm. period where car prices have soared, that where dealers have had ultimate um, pricing power, uh, and the consumer has really paid these exorbitant prices. I'm just not sure that that's going to last. So, I think this so is as good as it gets. They have a $600 million property book. Yeah. Um, the BYD thing is really important. Yep. I'm gonna go with hold, Okay. but um, I would lighten your load on this. This is worth a small position size only. So if you have too much of it, start selling it down. Fair enough. Okay, let's mm. move on. Our seventh stock is Meridian Energy. So we are back in the renewable space. Picked by Ian, Adam. 
And back in New Zealand. And as I was well. about to say, so, back in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it's an interesting business, and obviously, um, the retail contracted sales that these guys have actually looks okay. Um, but again, I think it's just in that small market. Um, you know, I just, you know, is it going to shoot the lights out? Probably not. But I do think that that shift. Uh, that well, the, sorry, the, the 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 guidance that they're giving uh, has certainly shifted, and it's certainly as you see, uh, energy prices, gas shortages, the constant you know uh, rhetoric that we're continuing to have, power and renew- renewables will continue and still have a massive place and will still grow. So anything with a green uh, wash through it, green tinge that going through it, is going to get a lot of support. Uh, for me, it'd be a hold. I don't think you really need to be there as you know um, because I just don't see. Like from that chart, it's really done nothing and will continue to do nothing in a small market in the US, uh, sorry, in New Zealand. So, yeah, for me, uh, it's a hold. Okay. I'm happy to, a hold. Yeah, to sit there and watch it. Indeed. Gaurav. It's curious that in Australia and in most of the Western world, these power generators mm. have been thumped. They have. I don't think there's an the industry hit. that ha- has suffered worse. Mm. Um, you know, in the GFC, um, power generators lost more money than banks did. Mm. Um, they have just been annihilated, and that's because of, well, we won't get into it, but it's very specific reasons to do it with um, the way um, wholesale energy prices work yep. and how that changes when you introduce um, renewable energy. In New Zealand, these things have been absolutely stable or done even better. And that's because the three big um, generators in New Zealand are all 100% or close to 100% renewable. Mm. So they never had that big shock of renewable energy entering the grid, Mm -hmm. playing havoc with wholesale prices. Mm -hmm. Um, Meridian supplies, uh, what, 35, 36% of the entire electricity um, generation in New Zealand. They own the biggest dam there and uh, I think six other hydro stations, uh, huge ex- capacity expansion. I like the asset base here a lot. This is a decent quality business. My problem is with the way management spends their cash flows. They pay out 100% of operating cash flows as dividends, and then they take on debt to, to expand capacity. And I just think that's a really imprudent way to manage this company. It's going to be a sell for me, okay. um, but it's a shame because this is actually like the power sector in New Zealand. There's a good business here. It needs um, a more thoughtful um, capital allocation uh, mm. to, to, to get onto the buy list. Okay, fair enough. And uh, yeah, moving swiftly along, Qantas. Now this has been picked by Larry. So uh, Qantas, I think Qantas is very controversial personally, but yes. anyway. Personally, well, I Adam, mean, is it because it's not ESG friendly or no, is that no, just controversial? I just think they've run down the quality and the service of the business so dramatically. Yes. And it, it reminds me of Boeing. And that's my only contribution all in right, terms of opinions right, we'll today. Leave that alone. <laughs> all right. Um, so, look, certainly Qantas post COVID is a very, very different business. Okay. And airlines are a very, very different business post COVID because basically now they don't fly unless a plane's full. They will then, you know, you've got a Sydney to Melbourne flight, they're flying every half an hour. If that plane's not full, you get a text saying you've been moved to the next flight and they'll shunt everybody into mm. the plane that it's full. Mm. Now, that makes sense because that's the profitability of the, of the business and certainly looks, looks good. But overall, um, I think definitely Qantas will report some fantastic numbers, this, uh, this end of well, full year yep. results that's coming up. But um, again, I'm really cautious um, of what is going to happen going forward. Does overall, does everybody still go to Europe? Potentially, are they going to keep those airline prices higher? Potentially. 
but oil is going to be an issue for them. They've mm. hedged out a fair bit of that. So I think that's a bit of a mute point. Um, for me, it's just asset heavy. They've got to replace, uh, I think, Big like capex. huge capex mm. that is going through. And um, the leaving CEO has done it perfectly, absolutely perfectly, mm. left it in a beautiful spot, which now he knows that there's so much capex going on. He knows that this thing's going to have so, a lot of issues. So for me, I don't like airlines mm. at all. So I'm going to say, if you hold it, hold it for the div, and it's going to be a great report this season, uh, this time round. But for me, it's it's yeah. I don't hold out. I don't hold airlines too asset heavy, and yep. it takes too many people to get you on the plane. So for me, uh, hold it. But it's no new money at yep. these levels. Fair enough, Gorev. This, Sorry, this is quickly. a really good business. I think for people who don't own airlines, um, you should reconsider with Qantas. Um, that frequent flyer business is a top five business in Australia. Uh, the domestic business is uh, maybe the best um, airline business yeah. in the world. Yep. Um, and the international it's business. It's very well run. You. It yeah. is. It's very well oh, run. Oh, no. I think it's terribly run. Let me, let me finish here. Right. Um, you know, do you remember Jack Welch from GE? Yeah. Lionized in the 90s. And I think he's been one of the worst CEOs of mm. the 20th century. Mm. I think um, Alan Joyce mm. will share that reputation. I agree. Lionized right. now. Mm. I think one of the worst CEOs, wrong, big CEOs we've had into the ground over the last decade or so. Mm. Um, and I agree, I think uh, this is the most, um, the strongest big stock sell I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be holding this in any quantity. If I could short it, I'd be considering shorting the stock. They have been left you can in short a- short it, that's, that well, there. I, I can't for the, we can't short it for a mandate <laughs> uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And personally, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it anyway. But, but okay. if, if you're into that, you can. Yeah. But yeah, they're lef- they've been left in a terrible position. They've got all this CapEx. Mm. Um, they've run their brand into the ground. Um, there's no business in Australia that has garnered so much goodwill as Qantas. Mm. And they've spent the last five years hacking at that goodwill. I- well done, guys. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, put this on record. One of the worst CEOs of the last decade. It's interesting because yeah. Angus Aitken has come out and actually put a sell on it. And he, he, he had a photograph and he's mm. not the only one back on that platform of the food that's being served. I mean, you're effectively, domestically, they have such a strong position on so many routes. Yeah. And the thing, yeah, I, I'm with you, Gaurav. Mm. If you put Qantas, sorry to interject, if you put Qantas <laughs> on, uh, on, yeah. on the world stage with, 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 the rest, with the rest of the airlines, mm. it is one of the best run airlines in the world, right? Maybe once upon a time. Right, yeah. if you put all of them together. Now, obviously, they, they've everybody post COVID, have, it's, mm. it, the airline industry has changed. It's mm. changed and people just have to get used to it. So mm. I... I Never fly Qantas, fly Qantas myself, but that is something, you know. <laughs> I never fly on it anyway. No, I don't. Anyway, I, don't. Yeah. I think we could debate this for ages. So we I'm going to have to. should have a whole hour show on this Indeed, one. Yes, indeed. indeed. I think we should. Hour. And I, I would like my Boeing example to come up. But anyway, let's move along. Um, oh, and I'm not suggesting anything's going to happen to any planes, but I think there's an interesting case study. <laughs> so our ninth stock is Marley Spoon, picked by Italia. So, Adam, we are now Going, going from, from one the, one blue chip stock that's got yeah. a great buyback yeah. going on. Maybe to, Qantas Catering should take a look at this one. Maybe Marley yeah. Spoon should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Anyway, 
Uh, Marley Spoon's a no for me. Yeah, uh, ARR uh, looks okay, but subscriber numbers are going lower. Uh, again, this is a cost of living pressure is hurting people. This was a winner in COVID. It is not a winner anymore. They're moving to Frankfurt Stock Exchange. Yeah. Mm, uh, so yeah, I, I just don't think you need to be there. It's it's an avoid for me. Fair enough. And Gora. this is easy to be quick on. Um, Fifty million dollar market cap. One hundred thirty yeah. million dollars in debt. Negative operating cash flow. I don't know how they're going to survive. Well, this is a yeah. huge avoid. Well, yeah. that's why they're going overseas because they think Europe's a better. It's a better place to die. Place yeah. to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so we've got uh, yeah two avoids on that one. Okay, See? easy, easy, mm. easy peasy. It all works out in the end. But we're not at the end because our tenth stock is a drone shield picked by Henry. Now, of course, this has garnered quite a bit of interest of late, Adam. It has. So this one is a really interesting one because it basically trades by appointment. So in other words, if they get a, a great deal from the US government or, or a contract from the Australian Defence Department, um, the, the stock rallies, really. But anything after that, you start to see, you can see these spikes uh, in the share price, then really what happens is then the revenue potentially comes in, but then everybody gets bored of the stock. Now, I think the technology is really, really good. They've got it actually where they can actually take over that drone and take it back to where it was originally lifted off from. And then that's better than blowing it up in the middle of the sky or getting hawks to put nets over it and taking it down, those kinds of things. So I think the technology is good. But it does trade by appointment, and I'm always concerned that with the stroke of a pen, the US government, the Australian government, defence, can anybody can basically take all of that stuff away from them. Ukraine war has done well for the drones. I think that is positive. But for me, it doesn't have an investable case, and I'm going to say avoid. Okay. Wow. Completely disagree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, That's what makes a market. Before the show, um, before I had not really looked at this, I'd heard of the business but not looked at it. Yeah. Um, but when I looked at it, um, I was really impressed. Um, this is a this is not a, a laughing stock business. Like Drone Shield is a silly name. Um, totally. and the, and the it's idea been sounds. It's like been a, the, you're right. Almost ten years now, yeah, I think. I know, yeah. Yeah. And so it's very easy to dismiss this, and I've been guilty of dismissing it in the past. I've never looked at it before, despite it coming up few times at work, but um, forced to have, take a look at it now, really impressed. Uh, a $200 billion market impression? cap. What, what, what look, aspects? Um, the fact that the, um, the scaling of the business is working. So they were losing a lot of money Correct. a few years ago. Um, like two years ago, it was making $5 million in revenue. Last year, it made $15 million. And you can see that the losses are narrowing. They're probably going to eke out a little profit um, this year or next year. And um, the order book is only growing. Mm -hmm. They've established a technological market leading position. And I'm always looking for businesses that have um, leadership positions in a niche. Um, quite rare to find. You find it in Australia a fair bit, actually. PWR is a great example mm -hmm. of one. Mm -hmm. um, and these guys have established it. Um, and, and I think uh, the order book can grow a lot from here. These guys have a huge market. Um, clearly, uh, they have technology that works. They've started establishing um, relationships with the important defense mm -hmm. uh, markets, and, and those contracts will grow. Um, the split of the revenue is actually really interesting as well. It was coming all from hardware sales. 
and they're now generating a lot of renewable, not renewable, um, Recurring, thank you. Recurring revenues, yeah. <laughs> Recurring revenues from software updates. And, and that will only increase as the hardware base increases. Then you can sell a lot more software updates across that big hardware spectrum. So I'm going to go spec buy. I think this is super interesting, much more than I would have expected. Um, and uh, maybe the silly name um, turned me off a what little bit. What differentiates uh, like a drone shield from some of the big sort of drone? I mean, I assume there's some really big companies. I mean, yeah. heaven knows, maybe Lockheed Martin and North Grunman are in this market. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know either. But yeah. um, but I think these guys, um, the, the market for drone protection is probably too small. Lockheed Martin spends $20, $30 billion on, on the highest tech mm. um, planes, on mm. uh, super advanced weaponry. And these are quite simple um, counter drone measures. Right. But they are niche. Um, and I think the, the the more specialized you get into this area, the easier it is to establish a lead, get a reputation, start building relationships. And these guys are well on that path to doing all those things. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm super impressed. I'll probably um, dig into it a bit bit a bit more um, when I get back to the office. But yes, happy to spec buy it. Cool. But you're right, that's what makes the market. Um, if one Absolutely. person didn't didn't sell it, the other person couldn't Correct. buy it. So yes, this yeah. is um, this is good. I'll sell you all my stock next. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's summarize the uh, last five socks. So, AP Eagers. Well, we've basically got a hold from both Adam and Gaurav. Like, Adam really made some really good points, like EVs are on the rise. However, it is a very, very price-sensitive product, and they are expensive. So, there may be a little bit of a slowdown. And in terms of the chart, it's looking a bit toppy for Adam. So, maybe look at it on a pullback. Gaurav, basically going, it's really interesting how these businesses structure themselves. They've got a lot of debt that are largely to do with car leasing. Uh, margins really toppy up at that 50% level. So currently a hold on that one. So Meridian Energy, um, we basically have a sell from Gaurav in Technically speaking, or theoretically, great business. But the problem is, is management continues to pay out a lot of the cash flows in terms of dividends and then borrows to invest for the future, which is not necessarily a sustainable model. And Adam, pretty much a small market, um, you know, an interesting business, but basically a hold on that one. Qantas, well, we did get the blood pressure going on this one. Um, <laughs> we do have some very different views, but again, that's what makes a market. Mm. So Adam, looking for some really good results, good profits coming up. He's cautious though, he doesn't like holding airlines. He loves the company, but he wouldn't fly it. But hey ho, I'm being a bit <laughs> cheeky here. You can be as cheeky as you want, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so he has an avoid on that one. And just a really good point that, that structurally, um, the airlines businesses have changed quite a bit post the pandemic. And uh, in terms of Gaurav, just makes a really good point frequent flyer business is really really good but it's a sell and Gaurav made you made some really interesting points in terms of comparisons to a former GE CEO so this is a conversation that needs to be continued Marley Spoon well Marley Spoon is off to Germany to die apparently so <laughs> apologies to Charlie <laughs> apologize for that one and uh, yeah so basically we've got an avoid on both counts there and Drone Shield, again, really interesting. 
interesting, two very different points of view. So Adam thinks it trades by appointment, great technology being boosted by the Ukraine war, but heavily reliant on government tra um, contracts, so in a void. Gorev actually looked into the business and thought it was really, really interesting. The order book is growing, leadership in a niche market, plus they're starting to develop uh, recurring revenues and everybody loves recurring revenues. So it is a spec buy on that one. Anyway, thank you both for coming on the show. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Thank you, Gaurav. Um, hopefully you've had lots of fun and enjoyed it. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed it today. Any stocks that you'd like us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks or tweet us or should I say post us to at Ausbiz TV. Anyway, that is it for the call today. But thank you so much for joining us. Don't go away. There's a lot more coming up on Ausbiz. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.